Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a lovely weekend. We have a packed couple of hours ahead for you, including another soundtrack from movie or musical. It's a movie today, so it is, and you love it, I promise you. I love it myself. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show, reminding you again of the numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 0419832000 if you'd like to call into us on the show. Now, we begin today with a story that's prominent in the news at the moment. Martin Conmey uh, was wrongly convicted of the manslaughter of Una Linsky. Uh, back in 1971, himself and two friends were lifted by the guards, questioned, and the rest is a sad history, to be honest with you. But with time, there have been developments in the case. And Martin joined me on a number of occasions here in the studios of LMFM to talk to me on late lunch. In 2010, his uh, manslaughter conviction was quashed by the Court of Criminal Appeal. Then he was back in 2014 uh, when his conviction was declared a miscarriage of justice. And in 2016, he received an apology. Now he's received a formal apology from the Garda Commissioner. I want to go back first today to that interview in 2016 and have a listen to how Martin was feeling when the apology was forthcoming. Well, it's important in a sense, but uh, I, I feel no better because of the apology. It's, I accept it's great to get it, but I'm still the same person. It's, it's, it hasn't done really anything for me in my spirits. Like people say to you, do you, how do you feel? Do you not, is your spirits not lifted? You're not feeling any better? I, I don't really feel any better. Because 40 years living with this, it's, 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 it's ruined my, my life and the way I feel about life, you know? I can't be, I, I can't, see, it's so difficult to get myself happy. So you've closure in one sense, on an official level, but personally... No, personally, no. I'm, I'm, personally, no. I don't, here and now, I don't even feel any better. You know, it's... I'd, I'd love to, because w- w- what we've achieved, I'd love to for my family, my wife, and my son, but I just can't. I can't snap out of it. Do I you, hope someday it will. Do you not feel there's a, a weight being lifted off you, oh. that this stigma, this shadow on you oh. has finally gone? Oh, yeah, th- there is a weight. The fact that, that, that I'm finished with courts, finished with going to courts, and the whole thing is finished, that's, that's a relief, yeah. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy in a sense, you know. Maybe if it happened 30 years ago, I might feel different, but... 
the way I am now, I'm just just down on myself, you know, miserable all the time. There is that weight is lifted, definitely. That's How do you feel today, all these years on, about the people who played a part in winning a conviction against you all those years ago, from you were arrested, taken in, questioned, into the courts, convicted? Uh, it's, it, it's left me hurt. I mean, I've, 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 honestly, I've no faith, I've no belief in police. They've, they've damaged my belief in them, you know. And I'm hurt, you know, for what they've done to me and done to my families. Like, there's three families involved in this. Three families hurt. Yes, three families indeed hurt. And that was Martin in 2016 with me here on Late Lunch. Now, there's been a development because a formal apology has issued from the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris. And just before coming on air, I caught up with Martin Conmey. And he began by reading the letter he received from the Commissioner. Oh, I do have it here in front of me. That's not going to be lost too easy. It starts off, Jerry, as uh, Dear Mr. Conley, Order to the State Apology issued by the then tarnished uh, Minister for Justice and Equality in 2016. I wish to reiterate that apology on behalf of Angarda Shea Connor for the pain and loss experienced by you as a result of your imprisonment for certain offences following your conviction in 1973, which was subsequently declared a miscarriage of justice. I apologise unreservedly as Commissioner and on behalf of Garda Shea Connor. Yours sincerely, Drew Harris, Commissioner. Short and to the point, may I say, how are you yeah. feeling having received the letter? Well, it was actually was delivered, Jerry, by 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 a, by a Garda, a Garda sergeant directly from uh, the Garda depot. I mean, I, I, I said, oh, God, I'm in trouble now over something, am I? But I knew by the Garda, he was welcome, and he started to smile, and he says, there's a letter here from the Garda commissioner. So I opened it, and that's what I read to you. That I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what was happening. And fair play to the commissioner. It was a very nice thing to do. Now, I listened back to you and I speaking on late lunch previously on a couple of occasions. One thing stuck with me from the last time we spoke, when you received at that stage the miscarriage of justice decision. I asked you a question to say, Martin, will you ever have closure? And you said to me back, and I've listened to it this morning, that you were still not happy, that you hadn't got closure. Is this closure or is it just another step in the road? It's another step. There'll never be closure, Jerry, until there's a... From what I... What we want, as three families involved, this is a public inquiry into this, that this would never have happened. By three innocent men were taken in and convicted, and one losing his life over this. That's the part. And there'll never be a closure for this on, 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 until this until this comes, and this public inquiry is brought about, hopefully. So that's what you're calling for today, oh, a yes. full public about, inquiry? Yes, I mean, there's a, the, the strange car with the man, middle-aged man, and the girl struggling in the back of it, ignored, was seen by several witnesses. Day-to-day feel they were telling lies, that they feel like they were made liars. They weren't believed. They never even looked into this. So they that formed in those three innocent men. Like the person I'm doctor doing at the time, at the time, is, 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 is got away, is got free. I mean, poor Una has never got justice how it is. The person who's abducted her and took her life is, is, is got away, is got free. So you believe this strange car is a key element that needs to be re-examined? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and the, the, the misconduct in the police station and the, phys- the mental and physical abuse that we, we suffered. It's not how long it was, Jerry. I mean, the, 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 state, the state witnesses were taken in, but they didn't want to listen. They, they, they told the truth that they'd never seen us. They were taken in 
and pressurising to make him, make him these false confessions that they've seen us. I mean, the whole thing, Jerry, like, it stinks. It definitely has to be a, an inquiry into this. Before the final closure to this, for the three families. Do you still feel that sickness in your stomach that you told oh, me about previously when you passed the Garda station in Trim? There's not, there's not a morning or a night I go to bed. Just, uh, I don't get flashbacks of Trim, of the police station, and flashbacks of the whole team. It's just something that's learned to live with. It, 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 I get very emotional sometimes. <clears throat> Um, it just gets it just gets you, you know. Very hurtful, you know. The cutest thing we didn't do. Of course it is, and even all these years later the spectre of it still hangs around you. You mentioned there the two others that were involved, and just to remind people, Martin or Marty Kerrigan, as you would have known yeah, him, yeah. he was subsequently killed because yeah, of this. Exa- yeah, exactly. An innocent man then in the grave and retort. I they visit them every so often. It's just very hard to, to, to accept the whole thing, you know. It's it's it's, it's very it's very hurtful for me and it's for the Kerrigan Donny family, you know what happened. You're the last but, of the three remaining alive now because right, Dick, Dick Donnelly has passed on. My last year, old pal Dick, you know, we could, we could we were able to comfort each other, you know. But he passed away a year ago with a heart attack, but we could comfort each other and talk about it. No one sit on my own here, you know. It's an important step, and as you said at the beginning there, to receive the letter from the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, you really do appreciate it, but there's more to be done. Oh, there's more. There's definitely, I, I, we'd love as three families a public inquiry into this. I know we'd probably, we'd probably never get the person that done it or find the person he's more than likely dead and gone, but from what I still believe that somebody out there knows something, you know. And we must mention, as you have yourself, the Linsky family as well. Yeah, yeah, and they have suffered. Karuna hasn't got justice, how it is, you know? As I said at the start, Martin, it's another step along the road which has yeah. more to go. And I do hope, Martin, in the not-too-distant future, you'll be speaking to us again when more developments happen for you and your family. Thank you so much for joining us on Late Lunch again today. I hope so, Jerry. yeah. I hope this public inquiry comes definitely for the three families. I mean, Terry and Donnie's never got an apology, Jerry. you know? And they deserve an apology. Martin, I thank you again for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thanks, Jeremy. Yes, Martin Conmey there speaking to me just a short while ago before coming on air about the latest development in that really uh, unsettling and uneasy case that rolls along. But uh, he appreciates the uh, the uh, letter from the Garda Commissioner. He really does. It means an awful lot to him. But as you heard there, he feels there's a way to go. We watch this space with interest. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. We're going to be joined in a wee while by a young woman who swapped IT for farming. Yes, she did indeed. Aideen Quirk will be with us after two on the show. But we're heading to our first break this Monday afternoon. And after the break... She's uh, well known to you on Late Lunch. Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie is joining us. And I can tell you, she's not a happy camper with the situation of her children in school. Now, Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie is a very good friend of Late Lunch. And she sent Louise and myself a message this morning. And our Louise said, we've got to talk to her today, Jerry, And she's on the line. Hello, Siobhan. <laughs> Hi, Jerry. Happy New Year. And many happy returns to you too. Now, look, at we see all the controversy going on about a return to school from the uh, teachers' unions and teachers' yeah. perspective, and you're well familiar with all that. But you're coming at this from a different perspective. 
Yeah, I think the concern is, so look, we're in exceptional times and we have to make, I think we have to make exceptions. So we got a message from our school yesterday and other parents have got have got similar messages to say, oh, you know, all the children can come back to school today because last week we couldn't send back some of our children because there wasn't enough staff. And mm. I have to say the schools are working under immense pressure and I feel absolutely so sorry for them all. They're trying, they are trying their best. Yes. However, there needs to be a little bit of wiggle room on certain things. So the big thing that I've seen this weekend on mams.ie, especially on our Facebook, and I've had a lot, a lot of parents sending me DMs asking me to post because they don't want to post it themselves publicly because they think they're going to get a heap of abuse. And the thing that people are really upset and worried about is all of the windows in the schools are open Mm. and the children are in their classroom in their uniform um, and they're not allowed to wear hats or scarves or coats other than the registered, the the, you know, the school coat. So normally the school coat is usually like a windbreaker. Mm. In most schools, it's not like a heavy winter coat. I'm sure the children wouldn't normally be sitting in a room with every window wide open. So my children have said they're very cold and parents are concerned that their children are very cold. And, you know, I I posted it up there and the response was incredible. Some people were very upset. Some people were very nervous. Some people are not sending their children to school because it's so cold. Now, thankfully, today it's not as bad as it was for the past few days. One of the one of the big things that's come out of this is the children are sitting down. So they're not allowed to move around. Obviously, of course, they're not. They're in class. And they're in their uniform, not allowed to wear their PE kit unless they have PE. So they're in their uniform, which wouldn't be as warm as, as most of the tracksuits, the PE kit. Um, and they have their school coat on. They're not allowed to wear hats or scarves, right, the children. Mm. So it's freezing, you know. The teacher has hot scarf, gloves, hot chocolate, tea, coffee, body warmer, wrapped from head to toe like an Eskimo. And look, of course, if you can wear the hat and the scarf and have a cup of hot chocolate, why shouldn't you? Good on you. The teachers are doing runs out a couple of times a day for hot chocolates for the the teachers. And I wouldn't be gorgeous in the first second. But I asked the school, could my children wear winter coats instead of the school coat because it has been very cold. And I was told no. They can't. And it's not. And loads and loads and loads of parents have said the same thing. They've contacted the school and said, why can't they wear a hat and scarf? The scarf is, wait for Jerry, the scarf in the secondary school is a choking hazard. That's the reply. Yeah. So now that's not my particular child's school. Yeah. But um, you have a 15 year old is not allowed to wear a scarf because it's a choking hazard and it could get caught on the door handle and kill her, possibly. I'm not sure if the cold didn't get to her first. So the teacher's at the top of the class with the hot scarf gloves, and as I said, I don't begrudge them for a second, and teachers have an incredibly difficult job right now, but my heart goes out of them. But the school clamping down on their policy that the children can only wear the school coat, can only wear the uniform, can't wear the hat. The hat thing, I'm not sure why they're not allowed to wear a hat. Now, a few people have said they could have earbuds under their hat. They could be messing. And, you know, teenagers mm. will be little messers. But we are in exceptional circumstances. Yes. And I think for the schools to take a really rigid standpoint here and tell parents, no, they can't have hat, scarf, gloves or a warmer coat, that's not happening. That Don't ask us. You can't have it. 
parents are up in arms. I honestly, you know, we get a lot of messages coming in to mums.ie and mums Ireland. I have been inundated. This is one of the biggest ever. You've said this, the response to this. People are absolutely furious. I'm sure there's lots of people that haven't sent their kids to school because of it. And then the next thing is, if your child is sitting there, sitting down static, not moving around, all the windows are open. And even the message we got yesterday said, all windows will be open. They're sitting there, the wind is howling in, they're going to get colds, yep. they're going to get sniffles. And what happens then? Mm. They have to stay home because that's a symptom of COVID. So I just feel like we could be doing this a little bit better. We want the children to be in school. We want them to be learning. My son has leave insert. I absolutely do not want him to miss any more school. Um, but I think if they want to put a hat on, or wear a warmer coat. I, like, really, I think... I hear what you're saying. And I ask listeners, what do you feel about what Siobhan saying? Have you a similar experience? What's happening in your school? Let us know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. That's 086-1800-658. Or you can call in on 041-983-2000. Let me put this back to you uh, and uh, as, as a potential argument from the other side. Well, look, Siobhan, uh, we know you, the, you're on about the coat and that, but should put plenty of layers on them. Put leggings yeah. on them under their uh, thing. Uh, put a, a multiple layers on them and they'll be warm regardless of what coat yeah. they wear. What do you say to that? Yeah, my daughter has a pair of shorts under her skirt today and a t-shirt, uh, like, a, like a body armour t-shirt under her, her school blouse. But mm. she's still wearing a skirt and a blouse and a jumper and a windbreaker sitting down in a room with all the windows open. Can you, like seriously now, even if you had a coat on you, you but you've no hat or gloves or scarf or anything, you're sitting in the room and every window is open you know, mm. it's it's not ideal. And look, we're not we're we're in a really strange, strange time. True. And it, and it's weird. But I seen a brilliant thing yesterday trending, and I said this this topic has been huge the last couple of days. With um, a bunch of um, parents have suggested that the dolls sit in a room with all the windows open just for one day, just for one day to see what it's like. <laughs> but obviously, listen, you may as well go and tell the dogs in the back garden. I in the room like with the that. Open. But I love it. I'm thinking. Yes. Let them have a little taste of what it's like. The children's lives have been absolutely disrupted beyond, beyond, beyond the last two years. Of course they have. And it's awful for everybody. I look at my teenagers. They haven't been to discos. They haven't had the devs. They haven't done the junior cert. They haven't gone on their TY trips. It's been really, really difficult for them. It's been difficult for everybody. Mm. And I just think you have to pick your battles. And... Putting, you know, taking a stand that a child has to wear a windbreaker jacket when it's possibly going to snow outside over the coming days. Yes. This is not a battle. This is not something we should even be talking about on the radio. If the windows are going to be open and they want to wear their North Face coat or whatever their puffer jacket is, like, really. And I'm going to say this to you as well. Yeah. Uh, I hate to rain you prayed. Yes, it's got milder today. We're in for very cold days ahead. I mean, yeah. low single digit temperatures. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming up. And I know, yeah. I have to say in fairness, they are working to get the air filtration systems into the schools, which I take it when they are up and running will alleviate the opening of windows. Yes, so this is a short term. Yes, it's a short term thing. It is, and I don't see. Look at in a practical. You're right. These are unprecedented times, and like good on the teachers if the the hats and the scarves and the gloves and the coffee and their teas. Good luck to them. They're in class and they're taking, uh, you know, a big responsibility on their shoulders. And well done to them for that. But look, for a little while, to things yeah. sort out, I, 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 being even here, and I'm not saying it, uh, uh, you know, out of turn, it seems reasonable to yeah. do what 
the majority of mums that you're hearing back from want. Yeah. That's it's, all I'm uh, saying. Really, I'm surprised that they've taken the standpoint that this is not a negotiable mm. situation. I actually think, really, with everything that's going on, this is where we're going to have to have an argument or a debate. Mm. This seems so ridiculously inconsequential to what we're dealing with in the grand scheme of things that I can't even believe we're having this conversation now because I think this is ridiculous. We all have much bigger things to worry about and if we can prevent our children from getting very, very cold in the classroom with all the windows open by putting a hat and a pair of gloves on them and a coat like yes. really is this well I'm just telling you we're getting the messages here coming to us I'll paraphrase yeah. the, the ones we have so far I have to say totally agree with Siobhan they should be able to wear coats and hats in the classroom uh, and if they don't more children will get sick as she said with colds yeah. and flu that is inevitable says the listener and there's more coming in there and I can tell you they're agreeing which I don't see anybody uh, going in the other direction at all oh, wait for it wait for it <laughs> listen, Siobhan listen, listen you're, you're on the money thank you so much for joining us today to highlight this really do appreciate it take care now bye bye that's Siobhan O'Neill White there from mams.ie if you have an opinion 086 1800 658 whatsapp or text me to the show after two she left behind digital marketing for milking cows yes AD and Quirk is with us but taking us to news and weather at two ask the man himself Phil O Phil Linnett and Old Town Hi, Jerry. I'm so delighted this is being highlighted. I contacted the school on Thursday. I was told that the master would turn a blind eye, a blind eye to the coats because of the cold. Friday morning, a teacher was standing at the front door making the children remove the coat if it wasn't crested. I think it's an absolute disgrace, says Maggie today. My God. That's not that's not good, is it? It really is. My ten-year-old says another listener is asthmatic. Uh, she wears terminals and is sitting at a heater under a window with a mask on. My daughter seems to be really cold. It's all nuts, says Caroline to us. Uh, another one there from you to say that there's no heat in the school uniforms, Jerry. Uh, end of. People should have proper wool school jumpers on students going to school. Another one here. The scarf can be tucked into the coat or get him a warm snood by thermal underwear. Low heaters might help. I feel sorry for the children. My daughter had to go through it and is going through it. And she says it's warmer outside, Dad, than inside the school. There you go. Uh, Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie joining us earlier on in the show raising this Hot topic, I was going to say. This freezing bloody topic if you're a, a child in school. I think there has to be common sense. There has to be common sense, I say. You were late lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. Delighted to have you with us. Remember, you can always uh, listen to us on the app, the LMFM app. Download it. If you're listening on your smart, smart speaker, welcome to the show, or on the traditional radio, and we're on LMFM.ie as well. So there's no excuse not to be with us. Now, my next guest on late lunch today has a degree in digital creative media. But by God, she works far from digital creative media at this stage because when I tell you, Aideen Quirk milked over 2,000 cows and worked for 12 different dairy farms in the last year. What's going on? Well, she's on the line to tell us more. Hello, Aideen. Hi, Gary. Thank you very much for taking our call on the show today. I'm fascinated because the other thing to mention as well... You're not from a farming background. No, I'm not, no. 
Where, you know, where has this all come from? Or how did you make the quantum leap from digital creative media to milking cows? Um, well, I suppose I was just, I was in my last year of college and a farmer just kind of jokingly asked me, you know, like, would you milk cows? And sure, I just said, yeah, for the crack. Like, I thought, I thought nothing of it and kind of went from there. He just kind of showed me what to do and... When I went back to college, I knew that was it. Like, I wasn't... <laughs> I'd finished my degree, but I wasn't going to go ahead and work in an office for the rest of my life. I'd, it just wasn't for me. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to sit inside now for for that long. So, mm. I like working with animals too, so I suppose that's where it started, really. I see. So, you have that love as well. But it's certainly the outdoor life you... God, we're talking about children in classrooms. It must be cowled in the parlour this weather. Well, it is. <laughs> it is and it isn't. It is when you are when you start. When you get going, you're not too bad, though, like, for sure. The heat off the cows is good enough now, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They do give out plenty of heat, for sure. Yeah. So, really, a quirk of faith where somebody just asked you to do something has led you down this road. What was it like starting off? You know what I mean? And uh, about the machines themselves, I, t- I take it, or is it done automatically, that the milking machine is put onto the other's you have to do that, do you? Yeah, no, it's done automatically. Well, I'd right. say it's, it's fairly modernised now at this yeah. stage. Most of the parallels that I'd be in are, like, the cluster, you put the cluster on, but it comes off itself. There's yes. a milk meter on it, so it comes off itself, so that's yeah. a big plus too. But, no, like, it's, it was, it was like being dropped in the deep end of anything, really. You, you don't know, you just have to listen and learn, really. Mm. Ask loads of questions and... Mm. Ask twice or three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's sink or swim. You got to learn when you're on the cold face there. But look, yeah. at you had someone with you initially, and they uh, saw you in on this, and away you go from there. So you actually put the 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 four aspects of the wee machine onto the cow, and they move down the line, and that's it. You, they, the rest is done by machine and taken off automatically as well. Yeah, well, most parlors are yeah. are automated at this stage. Now yeah. some of them aren't because mm. there's there's still old parlors out there, but. No, the majority of them now these days are are fairly automated. Now, mm. getting the cows in and out, that's not automatic yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with something at some stage. Yeah, but the only thing about them, I, I because you see, I've experienced many moons ago and been in an older parlour myself and growing up as uh, adjacent to a farm, which I absolutely loved, I have to say, and I still have very fond memories of it. You know, the routine animals as well, when they know it's time or that, they sort of, you know, join the queue and move along. Is is that your experience? Oh, they're, they're definitely creatures of habit. Yeah. Like, if, if you're late, if you're 10 minutes late for cows, <laughs> like, they'll let you know. They, they will really let you know, like, so, um, no, like, even when they're out in the field in the summer, you'd see them lining up at the gap. You know, uh, they know what time it is. They know they have to come in to be milked. Mm. And they know when they're finished, they can go back out. Or this time of the year, they get a little bit lazier this time of the year, but they still know, well, sure, milk can have to be milked now and I want to be milked now and that's it. Yeah, they are. They're, they're. Te- you know, they they are so clever in a way that they know and they can time it a, a, as well. But depending on the time of year, as you said. Um, at the moment, in the biggest parlour you're in, how many are you milking there? Uh, there's about 160 or 70. I'm just not 100. Oh, I'll tell you, what's a cow or two between friends? It's a lot. 160 yeah. or 70, and they're milked twice a day. They are, yeah, yeah. That herd now, they they milk three hundred and sixty five days a year. They don't stop at all. Mm. 
And what would an, a cow, you know, on average, what, what would you get off a cow in terms of litres or pints of milk in in in, uh, in one session? Well, it, it depends on the breed of the cow, yeah. but... Uh, oh, well, you're talking at peak, like 30, 35 litres, some cows, you know, some cows will do 25 litres at peak. It just depends on the breed, really. And that's twice a day? Yeah. No, that's that's in the whole day. In the whole day. The whole day. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I want to just get... But jeepers almighty, 25, 30 litres is a lot of milk. Yeah, oh, it is, yeah. It is. It's a oh, you, will, you will have some super cows now that'll do more than that, so it is. Mm. And you mentioned the breed there. Who are the best? Like, Frisians I would be well familiar with. What's the top breeds now? For, is it still Frisian for milk delivery? Uh, yeah, Holstein Frisians. Yeah. They're your, your big milk makers now, really. Um the, there's there's a lot of jerseys and crossbreds in the country now too. I suppose they they have a lot higher uh, solid, so they have a higher protein, higher butter fat value than a than a Holstein would. But they don't have the same yield as a Holstein Frisian would. Mm. So there's two there's kind of there's pros and cons to both of them really. And tell me this, um, the that thing you mentioned about yields through the year, it's all to do with the calf. And when they calve, they give a lot of milk, and then it it it, it dries up as, as time goes by. I take it with the big dairies, they can manoeuvre that with the number of animals they have that they have a consistent yield. Um, in a way, yeah, it depends on what their feed intake is, I suppose, and what their quality their feed to. Okay. Um, this time of the year, there's a lot of uh, spring calving herds, so they just calve in the springtime. So they're they're waiting for their cows. They're not milking at the minute. They're okay. just waiting for their cows to start calving now. Yes. It'll probably kick off at either the end of the month or start of February really is when the big bust of the calving season starts. But you're kind of talking six weeks after cal- after a cow calves. Is, that's her peak there is when she peaks at her highest milk yield of the year. Mm. Um, and I suppose most of them at that stage, they should be at grass or, or they'll be heading for grass. And with the with the... With the input of the grass in their diet, it just kind of boosts the the milk yield along with um, kind of the constituents of their milk. So their butter fat and their protein could could kind of be boosted by the amount of grass that they're eating compared to if they're in on a winter diet. Yes, yes. And, and you've had them in, of course, uh, around this type of the year. Oh, God, the must, we've often spoken about it before, the must love when they get out on the fresh green grass. Yeah, they do. Oh, look, they love coming in in the winter. It's like, comfort, is it? Like, yeah, <laughs> it is. They don't have to walk that far anymore. Yeah. So kinda, they, they know they're taking a break when they come in for the winter. But yeah, no, there's, it's a great sight seeing them buckling around the field, so it is now. Not nearly like us humans. We love our comfort, don't we, as well? And we can get <laughs> exactly. lazy. There's no no doubt about that. What, just in a general sense... Um, in the eyes of your family and your friends, especially the girls in your life and that as well, how do they regard what Aideen Quirk has done? Um, well, I suppose they think it's, it, it is different. Like, yeah. um, I, I have three older brothers. I don't have any sisters. Ah. So, um, yeah, they, they think it's great. Like, we all, <laughs> we, the four of us all work in kind of a, a physical labour job. Yeah. Um, but, like, the lads would say to me, I don't know how you do it. But mm. then again, I they a lot of them are they work in um, gyms or carpentry or like panel beating. I wouldn't be able to do that now. But mm. 
so we're all very hands on in, in my family now so we are Good on you. I love to hear that. God, when you think everyone in the world is a bloody social media influencer, give me a break. I love people like you people, I have to say. Um, Your boyfriend, uh, Corey, he's in the business too. He is, yeah. So he just got into dairy there last year. So we're just trying to get things ready now for the next few weeks. So we'll be busy by the end of the month now the cows should start calving again so he, there's no cows being milked here at the minute so when they, when they start calving they won't stop we'll be finished by April but <laughs> it'll be fairly tough going <laughs> until then Is it all moo on a date night? <laughs> um, it, can, nah, it can be sometimes like yeah we would we would talk a bit about cows and that or like what, what we're doing like with the cows next week or what we'll do with them when they go out and that but no, not all the time, not all the time. Mm. It's As you say, it's a physical job, it is and there's a lot of uh, hard work in it as well and the hours are tough, there's no taking away from it and you know, 365 days a year but I'm sure with shifts and rosters and other people involved you can work your time off and things like that but by God, it, it's, a, it's a full-on commitment. Oh, it definitely is. Like, even for, like, I know I I only work on a farm, like, but, like, I kind of work things around, uh, like, outside of um, farming. Like, I'd work, say, if I was going off for a day with a friend, like, I'd have to work that around what days I'm working. Mm. Um, because, like, even this, like, coming to Spring Cavern, like, I don't go anywhere because I know I could get called into work if somebody gets sick or anything like that and I don't really like saying no to people so Mm. (laughs) I'd rather be there to take on somebody to help somebody out like instead of saying no but um, yeah no it is like it's definitely not for for the faint heart like uh, somebody said to me the other day sure Sure, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, but it's definitely not. Like, <laughs> of course they would. But you love what you do. You love oh, it. I do. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing about it. And you know, uh, we all have different callings in life and things to do. And as you said, you, it's maybe a bit unusual that you do it. But by God Almighty, you have really made a go. Of this. Where do you see yourself and Corey going? Would you like someday to have your own herd and own your own place? Or, or, or do you ever think about that? Yeah, no, I would like that's kind of what I'd be working for. Like, I'd I'd hope in the next in the next year, anyways, that I'd be managing maybe a bigger yeah. farm. Um, I'd say between myself and Corey, probably just we're just kind of building up some stock numbers now. We'll probably go to like a hundred cows, and that that's kind of it now. We'll be happy enough at that. Mm. Um, there's there's always room for improvement, I suppose. Like. <laughs> <laughs> on a farm like you went to some farmers and they'll always say well sure, you're never finished building or you're never finished yes. improving in some way but no I'd like to have some form of stock of my own um, mm. or I'd, I'd love to contract rare heifer calves so some people they rare their, their heifer calves for a couple of weeks and then they send them to the, the likes of somebody with their own farm that mm. doesn't have stock on it and yes. you rear them calves for two years and then they go back to the original farmer so th- I'd like to do something like that 
there you go you've many options you see the world's your oyster it really is and there's always yeah, yeah. work to be done on the farm and people needed to do it as well because it's such an important business when it comes to Ireland it really really is you're yeah. great you really are and I, I, I love to meet somebody who has a real love for something that's a little bit different and uh, we know from uh, where you work and the people you work with that you're absolutely brilliant at your job and I wish you and Corey all the very best for the future and uh, is there, are you done for the day today or what's the story? Um, no, I just took a break there. I was out <laughs> this morning. <laughs> um, I got some lunch there and uh, we're just in the middle of putting up shed. Oh, so there you that's, go. That's pretty busy now. <laughs> it never stops the work. No, Good on no. you and well done to you and thanks for talking to us on the show today. Thanks very much for having me. Not at all. Take care now. That's Aideen Quirk there. Great woman, isn't she? Young woman at something different. There you go real woman that gets stuck in at the cold face you can't beat it late lunch LMFM radio oh we're still getting plenty of comment on the uh, school situation and children feeling cool in the classroom Marie's been on to say hi Jerry. my daughter has bad asthma especially in winter time and she missed school a few times got an asthma attack when she got the vaccine not once but twice was out of school before Christmas because the weather was foggy and damp no school work available because when the schools are in there's no online work she's now back in school but I know the masks damp weather and open windows and Covid were treading on eggshells and we know for the months of January February and March the government should have done online learning because if children get sick or pneumonia then we're heading for A&E anyway it makes no sense over a thousand hospitalised today Louise you have children and you're looking at the comments coming to us you know you can understand how Marie is feeling there with a vulnerable child you know oh, what I mean oh absolutely yeah and um, the, 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 there needs to be provision I'm sure for children in, in, in that boat there mm-hmm. but on, and in general sense about school you know they missed an awful lot you know this yeah. yourself last year the, it, we need them in school, don't we? we they need, need to be in school. Yes. They need to be Sorry, with their friends. They need to be, yes. We need them in school as well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, You know, I didn't mean need. it like that. No, you know, no, I, I mean I know, it in the way that the children, you're right, they they need to be in school. Yeah. And like I have a 10-year-old girl and she just loves going to school. Yeah. And she refuses to, you know, put on an extra jumper or put on. She goes, no, I'm beside the heating. <laughs> says, yeah, but you're also beside an open window. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know some kids don't feel the cold and then I, I, I do get it though especially in last week when the temperatures were Baltic mm. it, it was it just seemed very unfair that they had to suffer yes it's um, it's something like and I think there's a simple solution to it if they need to wrap up more let them wrap up more mm. you know what I mean and and let's get these filters into the schools as quick as we can I can't understand you know that those comments that the schools aren't letting them you know, mm. wear certain items. Mm. You think they just... That doesn't make sense. It really you know, doesn't. I was sending them in in my, the tracksuits rather than the uniforms because I'm sure the schools don't mind. They never said anything, you Yeah, know? they're warmer in, in, in that than yeah, in the uniform fleecy. itself. Um, what about this... <laughs> like pop- a little Michelin man, my Cormac, going in this morning. <laughs> That's the way to have him. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what you look like. Once you're warm... Couldn't even get near his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wearing that much padding <laughs> you'd want to have seen me playing golf yesterday I was out for nine holes early in the morning I have my uh, warmer uh, trousers underneath my main trousers uh, <laughs> my under armour on one uh, warmer short over that another jumper a second jumper 
and my windsuit over everything as well. And, and did it affect I, your swing? Not at all, because <laughs> they're they're all narrow enough layers, oh, okay. if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, uh, they'd say other things affect me swing, never mind <laughs> the clothes. But anyway, uh, it, it you've got to be warm. And the hat on, of course, the woolly hat, I think it makes a big difference, the insulated hat as well. But you need, and imagine being static, You're at least you're moving with the golf, you know mm. what I mean? But being static in a seat, it's a big, big issue. It surely is. But you can understand sometimes if the kids are wearing so many layers, like it's very hard for them to write. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or, you know, that kind of go oh, against look, them yeah, as well. You, you gotta, we've got to allow. We've got to yeah. allow. And please God, with uh, January turn, we don't want to wish our lives away. You don't want to do that. But with the year turning and the spring on the way, please God, things are going to get better. Hey, what about this pub in Donegal? Oh, two euro. Right. Isn't it brilliant? Mm. The Alt Bar in Calais and Donegal. Did you hear this, folks? Uh, if anybody mentions the virus or COVID, they have to put two euro into the COVID swear jar. Yep. They only introduced it on Friday night and I think by yesterday they had 110 euro already and some of the local councillors were actually got for it as well. They just, they're fed up with COVID talk so they said, uh, yeah. no more. No more. And you pay for it and the money's going to Donegal Hospice mm. which is great, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, a really uh, thing about it. But yes, you know, there, there are other things to talk about. But that's it. They were saying it was really funny because when they did introduce it and said no more COVID... <laughs> There was silence because people actually are so used to talking about COVID they've nothing else to talk about. There's loads of things to talk about and I'll tell you one thing if you're an Arsenal fan you don't want to be talking about football today. <laughs> oh, we're so we're so upset. Nottingham Forest beat us again yesterday in the FA Cup but you know I knew the writing was on the wall Louise because Arsenal are red and white predominantly red in the, ch- in the short famous short but they wore all white yesterday. They had a particular cause in mind, but to me, it was just surrender. They were waving the white flag <laughs> Arsenal before, and I was right, they waved the white flag. What a crowd of wusses. What a soft, centred bunch of uh, highly paid professionals. Oh my word, don't get me started. Anyway, Nottingham Forest fans are thrilled, including Mr P Goodwin. He's over the moon. He didn't ring me. He didn't rub it in, Paddy. He, I'm sure he'll be talking to him this evening. He sent me a little message, all right, so he did at the end. But uh, Forest fans are delighted. Anyway, the Gurners, you'd be delighted to draw them in any cup competition because they're soft. They're bloody soft. They really are. Anyway, <laughs> late lunch, LMFM Radio. No need to rub it in, Paul, in the league this afternoon. Up the Forest. He's given me the jibe about Nottingham Forest, you see, beating the Gurners. I take it. I take it. The magic of the FA Cup, Paul. I understand. And good on you. Go on and beat it few more big clubs in the cup this year and, and get into the playoffs for us and get promotion that has to be the aim of the game for Forest fans now my next guest is familiar to you on late lunch and I always go to her when I pick up my copy of the independent on Saturday to see what she has to say every week and to be honest with you in general she never disappoints and she's in my opinion an opinion former and maker she's a journalist and broadcaster and she's one of her own in LMFM land Sarah Carey happy new year to you Happy New Year, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Just before we get into what I want to talk to you about, I believe you took your daughter earlier today to Fairy House for the vaccination. 
my son actually. Your son, yes, I beg your pardon. Nine years yes. old. No, that's okay. Yeah, we headed off. So it was amazing. I mean, it was it was a little bit slow. Like it was a couple of hours to get in and out, but very very calm very well organized and we were both just remembering when the school vaccinations team came in when he was in junior infants or senior infants to give I think it's the four and one or the MMR then and there'd be a few kids crying and getting upset and there wasn't a single tear shed in fairy house today it was there all very go. calm yeah well don't you yeah. just in a general yeah. sense you know many parents are looking at this it's open for five to twelve year olds now and that as well you obviously did you talk to your son about this or did you make the decision? Well, I did make the decision, although I did notice when we went into the little booth, the vaccinator directly said to him, and are you OK with this? Mm. Do you want to get this done? She spoke to him, which I thought was really, really nice. You know, I did think about it, Jerry, because... You know, we know that kids really don't get sick from Omicron. So before Christmas, I mean, there were nearly 200 children in hospital with a respiratory infection called RSV that has outbreaks every few years and makes them very, very sick. And there were very few children in hospital sick with um, Delta. But I do it for the same reason. I got them the measles vaccine, which is the same thing. Hardly any children get sick from that. But the ones that do... There's always a baby with a weak heart or someone ends up with brain damage or if a disease like that is circulating in society, somebody who for some reason couldn't get a vaccine gets sick. So it's the same rule. You know, you don't mm. do it for yourself. You do it for other people. Yes. So uh, so that that's why we headed off. Yeah. And uh, so I'm relieved, relieved to get it done now. And you have to make the call. It's as simple as that. And all parents do. Look, on to Saturday and and reading you again. I'm I'm still (laughs) smiling because you hit on something I want to talk to you about. But firstly, you know, you mentioned Morgan Kelly and listeners, many listeners would remember him because he was the man who predicted the bust when the Celtic Tiger went, you know what? Bill Gates, of course, warned about the pandemic. And of course, now he's been accused of, you know, being involved in this in some way, the poor man. But you, you, you're right about this to say that we sort of don't pay attention to these type of guys or girls. Yeah, when when some disaster happens and, you know, we had the cyber attack in the HSC, we had this pandemic, obviously, when any kind of a disaster happens, people always say, well, why weren't we warned about this? And then you'll discover that actually we were warned about it and that there are files and memos and emails and perhaps there were journalists or academics who warned of an upcoming disaster and the right people simply didn't believe them. So I was referring back to Cassandra, the Greek priestess, Mm. um, the Trojan priestess, actually, who was cursed by the gods um, to make very accurate predictions about the future, but that no one would believe her. So I was just wondering, why do we not want to believe people when they tell us that these terrible things are going to happen? And partly it's because if someone is warning you that something bad is going to happen, well, sure, why would you want to believe that? <laughs> you know, yes. it's it's really easy to dismiss the bad thing that's going to happen. And then the other thing is it can be very hard to, you know, really believe that something quite abstract is going to happen. So 
Bill Gates had done this amazing talk in 2015, which he began by carrying out onto the stage this big um, steel barrel. And he said loads of homes in America in the 1960s and 50s had these steel barrels at home and they were filled with food that would supply them for about a month in case there was a nuclear war. So people really, really believed in the threat of a nuclear war. And because they really believed in it, they prepared for it. And I think the reason that they took that seriously was because the nuclear bombs actually existed. Mm. You know, they were there and we knew they were there. And um, whereas believing in something abstract like a new virus or climate change, it doesn't feel enough real. It feels like some magical future thing. And it, and it's too hard to believe in that. But it's really dangerous because then you don't prepare for it if you don't believe in it. So, you know, we need to listen to the Cassandras. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. And David Bowie, who you refer yeah. to, I remember that well. Uh, it just shows you my age. When he said in 99, he warned about the potential dangers of the internet. And my God, have many of those come to fruition. But people would say, who was Bowie? What does he know about this? But here's the point and the kernel of, the, uh, of your writings at the weekend. You talk about optimism and pessimism. And last week on the show, we came back for the new year with Kevin. Myers and my god if you listen to him you'd certainly be pessimistic about everything in life and I often get a a little jibe from certain people to say to me you couldn't be that happy every day you couldn't be that positive every day in your life so here I'm thinking where am I in this or is there a realist can you be termed a realist between the two of course you can because the point is that if you correctly identify potential risks, then you prepare for them. And then if that risk materializes, it's not as bad. So people do this every single day by taking out insurance. Hmm. You take out life insurance, health insurance, home insurance, car insurance, because you know that there is a risk that you might get sick and or you might have a car accident or your house might burn down. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy every single day and and enjoy your car and enjoy your good health, but you do something to prepare for the chance that you might lose it. So that was the point that Bill Gates was making. There is a risk of a coronavirus, a flu-like virus coming out there and going all around the world and stopping the world from existing as we know it now. And he was saying to governments, so prepare. And here are the things that you need to do. You need to invest in your testing system. You need to invest in ventilation. You You know, so he gave the list of what you need to do to prepare, which had they listened, would have lessened the impact of this. Mm. So, you know, Are you prepared to vaccinate the rest of the world and not just your own countries? Are you going to stockpile all the materials that you might need to do so? So in other words, being realistic helps you to be optimistic because then, you know, you can deal with whatever's coming. (laughs) So that's the trick to it, Jerry. (laughs) And and yet elsewhere, I was doing a lot of reading the weekend. I was reading uh, somebody who said you need pessimists in the world. You must have these people, you know, to to uh, bring us uh, back to reality and and point out, you know what I mean, uh, what could happen. Oh, yeah, because I mean, sure, look at the boom. I mean, the boom was people just gone completely mad with all this money and thinking and there'll always be that money. I mean, the number one thing you do when you have some money is you save for the rainy day. And then when the rainy day comes, you're all right, you know. So it doesn't mean you have to be miserable and say, oh, everything in the world is absolutely terrible. You know, it's not. And I think I said in the column, like, you have to actually have optimism hardwired into you. Otherwise, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, like, and even if even if it requires an element of delusion, 
you are lucky being an optimist and that is brilliant to be an optimist but you prepare it's like the scouts like the scouts Jerry you prepare oh, I am more <laughs> reassured than ever today I was beginning to think I'm on the wrong side of matters altogether but what are we you're right what no. would we be as a race if we didn't have optimism about the future we'd be lost you do. You do need it. And then you need as well all the dreamers as yeah. well, you know, yeah. and the people yeah. who believe the world can be a better place and are therefore willing to change the things that are wrong in it today in order for it to be better tomorrow. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, you do need hope. You, and you, you know the well if a politician comes along. Like, I remember when Barack Obama, you know, first appeared on our screens, the mm. fact that he could bring out people's better sides or it said in the Bible and Lincoln used it, the better angels of our nature. You know, so you need people who will bring out the best in us and hope that there can be a better tomorrow. And that gives you the strength to actually change it and make it a better tomorrow. The other thing is, by extension, you went on to develop this. And I thought of my late mother when she said to me, you know, you're one of the best jack of all trades I ever met, but perhaps master of none. <laughs> and I was reading you well, saying, yeah, so you know, I, you say, in the, you say yeah, I, I know yeah. a little bit about lots of things, but I'm not an expert in an area. I know. And sometimes I wish I had a PhD in something specific and you could be an expert in that and it would give you a great sense of authority. But a lot of work was done into forecasters and super forecasters. A guy called Philip Tetlock years ago uh, got a list of loads of academics who were specialists in particular areas and asked them to predict what might happen in geopolitics. So Russia and China and all this stuff. And a lot of them got it wrong what they thought was going to happen in the next year and they tried to figure out who were the best forecasters and the best forecasters were people who had a breadth of knowledge the hedgehogs as he described them were the people who knew one big thing and had one big theory and they tried to apply that one big thing across many situations and they turned out to be wrong the foxes who knew a lot about a lot of different things and had a much wider breadth of knowledge, they were much better at forecasting. The other things that made people better at predicting and at forecasting were that they were able to work in teams, that they were very open-minded. So if they'd made a prediction about something and new information came in, they didn't dig their heels and they were prepared to change their mind. And people who are willing to go back and revise their predictions they were the smartest people about being able to predict the future. So they didn't mind being wrong. So they were just the qualities to watch out for in people when you're trying to figure out, well, who should I listen to? Because we're always being told to listen to experts. But which experts? <laughs> so the expert who's willing to admit he's wrong is the guy you want to listen to or the woman. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in nature parlance, we love the hedgehog. Of course, you do. But a fox will do. I'll, I'll take that. Yes, being a fox, it's a, that looks uh, that yeah, looks good to me. <laughs> in a general sense, though, Sarah, you know, uh, just before we finish up and being realistic as to where we are, and we mm. we see our numbers today, and you know, it, it's a bombardment still every evening, and you can't get away from from the subject. But look, um, there aren't as many people. I just want to say this on the pandemic as seriously ill as there could be if we hadn't got vaccines it's, and what's gone on 
You know, it's amazing. Like this started in November when those booster shots for the over 65s kicked in. We saw a very, very important thing happening in our numbers that it didn't matter how many cases were coming in every day. The hospitalizations and the ICU numbers were going down, down, down. And even today with, you know, 20,000 cases, which we know is probably at least half of the real number of cases, mm. um, ICU is still holding. I think it's still below 90. And then even the people who are in hospital don't need um, as aggressive medication and ventilation that they used to. So while it looks really bad and I'll tell you, I'm keeping my head down and I'm not going out much and I don't want to get, you know, even Omicron, even though they say it's milder, I'm still being very careful. Um, I think like we are in a good place. And I as soon as an optimistic word comes out of my mouth, (laughs) I'm afraid of our own desire to believe that optimism. But we can look at the clear trend here that's been happening for November, December, well into January now, nearly three months. And it's the same in South Africa, where Omicron was originally identified. And in Denmark, you know, the the vaccines have made the break between people getting uh, COVID and people needing aggressive medical treatment for COVID. And that's the break we've been looking for. It's good news. Let's leave them with that thought today. Yeah. Optimism all the way, you foxes out there. Remember what Sarah Carey has said this afternoon. Listen, I really appreciate you're a busy woman, you giving us your time. I always do and love what you have to say and write about and keep on doing what you're doing. Well, Jerry, you're very kind to me. Thank you so much and thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Not at all. Take care of yourself, Sarah. Bye-bye. That's okay, the wonderful. Bye-bye. 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 Wonderful Sarah Carey there of course, from County Meath and a woman who I love to read, among others I do as well, because I think in reading and and listening and trying to absorb different people's opinions and all opinions, you you get a better grasp across the the board for things. And I'm always grateful in my life that I learn to read and write. And there are still so many people who struggle in that area in this country and around the world as well. And it's a huge huge loss. It, it really, really is. Well, we've had every emotion nearly on the show today and Louise, I saw something over the weekend and I wanted to ask you about it today on the show and, and ask listeners as well. You know when you go to the supermarket shopping, you do your shopping. Yep. I'm a big shopper as well. Imagine going to a supermarket where there are no people, there are no checkouts, there's no nothing. So you go in at the front door and there's a security barrier and you key in, you register for this, right? And you key in, you, they have your credit card details and in you go and you go and do your shopping. You take whatever you want off the shelves and just walk out and you get to the out barrier and it just does a check with you and away you go with everything. What what would you make of that that type of scenario? Would would that interest you? Would you have to have, you'd obviously have to have time slots to go then. You couldn't be waiting outside or... You know, if you have no, no, to. yeah, yeah, no, they'll walk it within reason or whatever. Oh. But uh, this is You're like the... a celebrity, wouldn't you? <laughs> Having the store all to yourself. Well, there'll be other people there as well. Do you know what I mean? There'll okay. be like it'd be like a supermarket, but with no checkouts. Uh, you know what I mean? You just go in and do your shopping in the door, put whatever you want into your basket or your trolley, leave the store, pack your car, and go home. And where do you pay? Do you pay with a little on, app on your phone or something or does it be Yeah, you're, re- you're registered and when you go out it, it just, uh, you know, accumulates everything that you pick off the shelves and it builds you and you pay and away you go. What would you make of that scenario in a store? Would you like that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Imagine if it, like, you know, what about changing stuff or checking prices or, you know, I presume it'll all allow for that. 
It will with time. But this mm-hmm. is the new reality now of shopping in London. A number of stores are be operating. lonely. Yeah, I think it would. I was just thinking mm. about it. That it'd be... It'd be Now, there's people will be restocking the shelves and things like that, and that's done. But there's cameras all over the place. The shelves are done. When you take something off it, it registers because you de- the weight drops down. You know what I mean? Where the stuff is stocked. But this, it seems, they say, is the future of sh- shopping. No people in the stores. No one to have a chat with or if you go to the mm. checkout. Do you ever chat to the checkout operator? A lot of people unemployed. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Now, you need people to stock the stores mm. still. But this is the future. I was reading about this is the way it's going now. This is the way you'll just go in. And we thought years ago when we were in the States that shopping at night time was bananas. You know when you come from Ireland with the stores shut and you go in the middle of the night and do your shopping if you wanted in the States. We thought that was nuts. <laughs> this is on the way. This is what's coming. No checkouts, no people, no nothing. In you go at the barrier and they say it'll make a huge difference. Number one to shoplifting. Mm. Uh, they lose a lot with you know, fraud and shoplifting in stores and that as well. And it'll be more efficient and, you know, they... It's another this. step in direction of people becoming less social, mm. isn't it? Mm. It's just another one, more remote again. Yes, it is. You know, it we'll is. end up back in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true what you say. That's the way the, the trend is going. I, I wouldn't be mad about it, but, you know, uh, garlic bread, it's the future. Remember what Peter <laughs> Kay said? Oh, well, he was always right. <laughs> This, it seems, is the future of shopping. What do you think? Would it? Would it? Would you be enamoured by it? Would you love it? What do you think? If you've anything to say, oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight WhatsApp or text us to the show. Coming up after three, Brush Shields. He's slightly disappointed, and my soundtrack comes from a classic movie. News, the news, weather, and sport on the way. But before all that, we're heading there. Who are we heading there with, Louise? Who's on my claw to go to news, weather, and sport? Well, we're going to try, Jerry. Oh yes, we, we are. Don't know whether... because we were talking about optimism. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't remember what I did a minute ago. I don't ago. know this song, so anyway, wrong. Yeah, we were talking about <laughs> optimism with Sarah Carey. I'm going back Play now. It, Please, God, it. it's all right. It's Ian Jury and the Blockheads. Why don't you get back into bed? 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 Reasons to be cheerful. Jerry, regarding the shopping, it's not a good idea you're talking about there. And the amount of people, as Louise said, that will be out of jobs will be shocking, says a listener. Another one there said, less jobs for people, less human interaction. It's a non-goer for me. Uh, If we refuse the self-service checkouts, it won't kick in. We're Irish and we like to talk to staff and to people, especially in retail, says Paula. I couldn't agree with you more, Paula. You're absolutely right. And I want to remind you, there's a thousand euro up for grabs. Yes, you could be a thousand euro richer before the end of the longest month when it comes to waiting for the pay. January is, of course. Yes, all you have to do to win the thousand is uh, follow us on Instagram, tag your mates and share the post. And if you do that, well, you're in the hat for a thousand euro from LMFM. A nice happy new year. That would be indeed. Now, All this year began last week with West Side Story. I see it picked up three Golden Globes last evening. This week I moved from uh, the stage to the big screen, the silver screen. A movie this week in my soundtracks from movies and musicals feature on Late Lunch. This one is a movie 
Uh, and it's going back to 1990 I am today and the story can you guess it about a down and out a Hollywood hooker who uh, his name is Vivian Ward and an unlikely relationship between her and wealthy businessman Edward Lewis Yes, uh, Julia Roberts playing Vivian Ward and the wonderful Richard Gere, Edward Lewis, of course. Yes, I'm talking about the movie Pretty Woman this week. Vivian is hired by Edward to be his escort to a number of business and social functions. It's supposed to be strictly business, but over the course of their time together, their relationship deepens and develops. It's one of the most, did you know this, successful rom-coms of all times. We'd listen to this. Ticket sales in the immediate aftermath of its release in the USA alone hitting 42 million. 42 million people went to see it in the immediate aftermath. And, of course, the title of the movie is based on this classic from Mr. Roy Orbison. Yeah, Mr. Roy Orbison with the classic, yes, my uh, movie this week and its soundtrack is Pretty Woman. And uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. And I'll never forget the moment in the movie where, you see, Edward offered Vivian $3,000 and a new wardrobe for six days. But I'm sure if you remember the film, you'll remember when she went shopping on Rodeo Drive uh, to buy the new outfits and the snobbery she faced up. But my God, was that turned back at them a little later on in the movie. Simply brilliant. It was expensive enough to make. It cost $14 million to make uh, the movie itself. It received mixed reviews at the time but Julia Roberts did win a Golden Globe and was nominated for Best Actress at the Academy Awards uh, for her role in the movie. More about the movie Pretty Woman round about this time in words and song on Late Lunch tomorrow afternoon. Ah, Jerry, Pretty Woman, my all-time favourite movie. I just love it. Happy New Year to you all. Comes in from a listener. It's from Marie today. Thank you indeed for that one and uh, delighted that you're delighted we are featuring the movie Pretty Woman on the show this week. Final break of this Monday afternoon and he... Made a good stab at it, he did, yes. Mr Brush Shields, who was with us at the end of last year. Well, he had a challenge, he told me about it that day he was going to undertake over the holidays. Yes, he had tried to break the 100 metre record in a certain category, of course. We'll hear all about it in a moment. If you recall, our last show of 2021, Brush Shields joined us on the programme along with Paddy Cole. And Brush was telling me that he had plans to have a go at this 100 metre sprint record. In a certain category, of course. Well, he's a man of his word and over the Christmas, along with his best friend, Mr Sean Boylan, who you all know, I'm sure, they headed off to a local track and he gave it a go. And he's on the line to tell me more. Brush, Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy New Year to you, Jerry, and all your listeners and all your followers. I, I reckon that you, at this stage, you're a cold figure. You know, I reckon you have followers. Well, well, follow, <laughs> well, those people would say a word that sounds like cult brush. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> to be honest with you. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> well you know, I'm tempted, Jerry, wherever you are, you know. Yeah. Well, Brush, look, yeah. you did what you say you were going to do. Yeah. Off you yeah. went to the local track and you gave it a good bloody go, didn't you? You know what? It was a beautiful, it was New Year's Day and we're driving along the 156, as I call it, the Dunboyne Summer Hill Road, and there's no one around. And the weather is beautiful. There's just a breeze out. And we headed to the track in Dunboyne. The great and old entities there waiting to open the gate, and he sat and Sean went in. And it was a kind of cross breeze. It didn't matter. It was just, it was a kind of a mystical, majestic kind of morning. And there was a, three or four boys there that I hadn't met before. And one lad, he'd run every marathon for the last 40 years. Yeah. Another lad, Sean, a bit older than myself, had, uh, wound up doing the 400 metres because of the hip problem. But, I, you know, it was, and Sean boiling on myself. So I, I went out running and I noticed that my stride would be shorter now since the double hip. Mm. But beautiful balance, you know. I'm talking about myself now, but <laughs> the, 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 that's the only way. You see, because... They don't appear to be long to me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. When I talk about the hips, and I say there's a beautiful balance, it's almost like you have had a bike and somebody's out there fixing the wheels and blowing up the tires, you know, <laughs> and the balance. So when I'm running, I'm just kind of saying, you know, like that's beautiful. What I'm really talking about, you know, the 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 work that's been done on me. But I was, I have to run slightly faster because of a shorter stride. Yes. But the kind of thing about that is you can see it up there on Instagram. It actually looks better. I watched you. I watched it this yeah. morning. Louise showed it to me. And, and I'll tell you, you have a nice tight stride, faster. There's no doubt about that. But here, look at it. Uh, will you, is the beret holding you back? Is there a little bit of resistance with the beret on? Would you be no, better without it? No, I had a hoodie on as well. <laughs> and before that, I had another hoodie or two hoodies. And when I started to run, didn't wasn't my hand getting caught in the open pocket? <laughs> the other one, <laughs> I started to run, and my hand got caught. I forgot the pocket was still open, you know. So no, it was too cold. Yeah, the wind. You can hear yeah, the wind actually. The, the, yeah, yeah, big wind factor in it. But listen, I have to tell them this man with his two new bionic hips yeah. and the machine in his heart did a hundred meters. Folks, in 18 seconds, they'd have to put me on a bike to do that, to be honest with you. Uh, it's like, it's the type of thing you can either do or you can't. You <laughs> and know, I can't. I mean it, there's guys that can, and ladies that can run for days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm lucky I can run the 100 metres. So whatever you have gone for you. Hmm. But the, mo- the most important thing... Like which I'll which I'll be talking about very soon. Like, it's the kind of stretching that I do. Okay. Now, if I if I ran, if I took the hoodie off and then into the shorts, and it was a nice day, I'd have clipped two seconds off that easily. Yes. I'd have been easily around sixteen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go out this Wednesday because I see the weather's fine. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm heading out there this Wednesday. I'll be there at, around ten o'clock on the, on the Dunboyne track. And I'm going to go again, and it'll be at least two seconds off okay. that. Yeah, no and problem. So, Bruce, like, what's your aim? You're 18 at the minute. You want it? You're saying you're, you'll do it in 16. What do you want to do this hundred meters in? How much 14. time? 13. Brush, that's a huge quantum jump from 18 to 13. It's five seconds. Uh, it, it doesn't really work like Jared. Like I'm out there at, uh, on the on the first day of the year, 
I went there. I'm out for a day out. I'm out to see how I feel. Yeah. What I can do. Yeah. No pressure whatsoever. Just okay. go out there and run. Now, this this Wednesday, I'll be better. Okay. The next time I go out, I'll be better again. <laughs> you know, and the time after that, I'll start to peak. Brush, I love you. I love you. Your optimism, your positivity, it's just never ending. And listen, tell us about, we know the hips. What's that little thing you have? A cardio defibrillator? uh, It's called an implantable cardio defibrillator. It's the same as that lad, Christian Erickson. Yes. And they're not letting him play. Mm. But I I noticed the manager of. uh, Tottenham, I can't say his name now because you know that he set the ball Antonio wrong. Antonio Conte, yeah. Yeah, I'm leaving that out He's keeping the door open for him. He is. That's what he said. He is. Yeah, so I, what I'm going to prove is that, the, like, the, the, the ICD, as it's called, it's only there for certain reasons, but there's no way that you can't run, jump, do anything. Okay. And I'll be explaining that when I do this video, which I'll be doing probably on Wednesday, but I, I won't put it out till the following week. Okay, so you're going to explain uh, about your techniques yes, and exactly. all that's involved in this and let people into this. Hey, Bruce, I'm just curious. I, I'm going another direction for a second. Did that thing ever kick in in your heart when you didn't expect it to? Ah, oh, well, that, 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 that was the thing. I was out in Holland doing a gig and unfortunately, they gave me all this beautiful coffee that I couldn't believe and loads of lovely cakes <laughs> and the speed of me heart and I went out and it kicked in oh, you know and that's 800 volts <laughs> you can find it up on the internet it's called uh, Bushy's Spacemaker Overload in Holland but the 800 volts now I tell you you see me going to the boys kind of videoed me from behind and you see me going into this grotesque shape and I was singing at the time, and my jaw clamped and knocked the enamel off my bottom teeth, you know? <laughs> so when I went back to the hospital, they asked me why I didn't go down and call an ambulance. Like, you're supposed to. Yes. I'm supposed to kind of knock you out a bit. But I know I stood up there. And, oh, I said, I have another two hours to go. <laughs> so I had two more nights, you know? So but it was like because I'd been electrocuted before. In 1963, 64, when I got it, I automatically thought that the place was a word, probably. <laughs> I, like, it never occurred to me. It was your man in your heart? No, 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 I never thought. I I thought, like, that somebody has a word. You know, I'm effing and blind now. And then it, it just struck home. That, yes. Jeez, it must have been the equivalent. You know, I, used to, I usually call it the wah-wah pedal. You know, it was kind of some strange... You know, well, anyway, it's there and it kind of hits off me strap. That's all I know about it. Anyway, it didn't stop you. You gigged on, you completed your I'm set and you're going back to the track Wednesday, you're saying? Wednesday, Thursday? No, no, I'm going to go out on Wednesday. OK. And I, I reckon I'll clip a couple of seconds off that and then probably a half an hour after that I'll probably go down to Sean's place in Dunboyne <laughs> and do the exercises and film that. Yes. And put them up there and for a show... How the, it's mainly for seniors. Yeah, it's it's completely effortless stretching. I don't call them exercises, but it's I, I have to. What I do is I have to explain the philosophy behind it. Okay, that's that's the whole thing. There's a philosophy behind it, and it's based on the fact that the body is seventy five percent water, mm. and we have these little electric impulses going all the time, day and night. So basically, we all we all have this kind of ability to 
Worthless for the, we're all war of the voiners of one description or another. That's a great description of it because yeah. we're always told this all the time. We must consume plenty of water because we're mostly made up of it as well and the body craves it and needs it. Well, listen, I just wanted to touch base and say, well done. You have another target in front of you now. And I'll tell you this, my money is on brush shields to knock that time off this Wednesday. Keep in touch with us, won't you? Well, Jerry, if I do it this Wednesday, I'm going to run all the way from there to LMFM. <laughs> <laughs> and you know something? You'll be welcome with open arms because you'll be the first human being we've seen here in over two years. Anyway, brush, <laughs> we'll leave that for another day. Exactly. God bless you. OK, I, I, I just want to say goodbye to your cult. <laughs> I'm going to keep that one for a long time. God bless you, Brush. Talk to you soon. Take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Isn't he a great man? 76 years, two new hips, a cardio defibrillator. I feel that small sitting here in 100 metres and 18 seconds. He's one top man, our Brush Shields. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch today. We'll be back tomorrow at half past one with Mr. Professor Paul Moyne is coming back to have a chat with us tomorrow on the show. Tony Conlon's here with his first motoring of the new year too and more besides. Anyway, have a nice evening. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us and we'll be back to do it all again tomorrow, Tuesday from half past one. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.